Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here, as always, by Ben and Colin. And today is one of my favorite days of the year. We are mock drafting boys. I am so, so excited for the draft on Thursday because I really... Any player could be taken from pick three on, and I just would not be surprised. There's so much intrigue. There's so much that can happen, so many possibilities. I think this is could be one of the most wild drafts. I think it's pretty much set in stone at this point at picks one and two. But from three on, you have we have no idea how who could go where, what the remaining quarterbacks do, and what teams are going to move up and down. So I think I am going to be locked in at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Well, yeah. I'm- Sorry, I was muted. I was running through mock scenarios ever since uh, before the season even ended. Uh, pretty much when the college football season ended, I've been running through mock scenarios. Um, which quarterback's going to go where? Right when you find out what teams are going to get those top five picks, you're thinking about it immediately. Now all the rumors are circulating. Uh, this week is nuts. I love it. Fired up for the draft Thursday. Um, before we get started into uh, who we're picking, I don't know if you've been, you guys have seen the news, but there are multiple reports that the New England Patriots are wanting to trade up into the top 10. A, I'm going to ask you, this is a two-part question. First question, do you believe it? And two, who do you think, what, what pick do you think they'd trade for? I, it would not surprise me whatsoever if they do because Cam Newton is not a long-term answer. I definitely think he has talent. But uh, that's that's not a long term answer as they look to build their roster for the future. So, yeah, I think I believe it. I don't necessarily know how many teams are going to want to trade with New England and give them a, a shot at their next franchise quarterback. I could see it potentially happening maybe up to pick nine. That's one I, I, I see. Uh, potentially happening or even four, but I have the, the pick at four, the Falcons. I have them trading with a different team. But then if uh, the Falcons trade back, um, I, I, if they want to recoup some draft stock as possible or to seven, two. So I, I definitely believe it. And I would look at spots. I would look at nine, eight and seven. I think all three of those are teams that could potentially move, especially the Lions and Panthers, because they, at least for now, believe that they have their QBs in golf and Darnold. And so especially if they have a chance to coop up draft picks for the future and, and use those, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. And also, I don't think the Lions or Panthers would have trouble trading with New England as much as I potentially uh, think the Falcons, who have been a meme, would. So I definitely believe it. And I think those are some possibilities to look for in that range. I think uh, having Matt Ryan, I think Atlanta is set on their quarterback – I don't think they're looking – they're looking into it, but I don't think they're strongly considering taking the quarterback at four. Um, if they were to keep their pick, I could see them going in a Kyle Pitts route, but I think they're going to trade it because they will have plenty of suitors, plenty of offers. And seeing how aggressive New England was this offseason, I fully expect them to make a run for a, um, a pick up there to take a quarterback. I expect them to try hard to trade for that number four pick and uh, take their guy if he's still there. Um, I think I know who their guy is, and I think I'll leave that for when we go over our mocks in a few minutes here. Uh, for me personally, for the Patriots, I think it's uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to slap the bullshit button on this one. 
I uh, I believe this is just Bill Belichick playing mind games. I feel like it may not be the guy he wants that will fall to him at 15, but I do think um, he's going to have a guy that he'll be perfectly fine working it. We know the genius behind Belichick. But uh, in my current mock draft right now, I don't love it right now. It's it's very chalk. It's very by the book, and it's also a very early mock draft draft for me personally. But I have a quarterback falling to fifteen. To the so Patriots, as of if right this now, this quarterback does not fall to fifteen. You think they're perfectly content with rolling with Cam for another season? I think so. Um, Cam, even though he did not play well, I think by my standards. Uh, last year, I do feel like they, they're they going to need a top four pick to get that quarterback for the future if a guy doesn't fall to him. And I just don't think Belichick is that kind of guy that's going to give up a ton of draft capital to get that guy. That's just not who he is. I mean, he worked with Brady, who was a six-round draft pick, and Brady, you know, turned out all right. But I uh, – I believe that it may not be this year, but maybe even next year they decided to take a quarterback in the first round. I just I – I think in this draft we can see them being ag- aggressive because, one, a franchise QB doesn't come around really at all in free agency, and the QB draft class next year is so weak where you're potentially running a, a big risk, risk there of if Cam doesn't pan out – and then obviously he's not the long-term solution. So what do you do next year? Because there's not a lot of, of great potential prospects. I know there's some people uh, that, that like the kid out of North Carolina, Sam Howell, and then there's a couple other ones, but none of them are, are near the potential and intrigue of this quarterback class. So even though they might not get one, I, I could definitely see them trying just because there's not another great class waiting that they can fall back on next year. But I'll tell you what, if um they stick with uh, – I think even if they stick with Cam, they have no shot in getting a Sam Howell because I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. They uh, added a lot of good pieces in the offseason. Through free agency, they were obviously the most aggressive team. So I don't think they're going to get a maybe top 10 pick next year. So I think either they go all out this year or – um if you look at maybe what the 49ers are doing, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo will become available via trade and they'll go back to a guy they're familiar with. Um, But they don't have a ton of options. And Colin Colin brought up a point that reminded me of something. I think part of the reason why they won't draft a quarterback, even though in my early mock drafts, I do have them taking a quarterback, but I do not think they'll take a quarterback because of the fact that they have so many new pieces on offense and Cam Newton, uh, he knows the playbook at this point. He's been in the system for a year now. And I think having a guy that knows the system with a bunch of new guys is going to help him compared to, you know, a rookie quarterback that's not only new to the system but new to the league and having to work with new teammates. I think that would just be too much. I think the Patriots are going to not take a quarterback. But without further ado – Let's get into our mock drafts. So with the first overall pick in this year's draft, the Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson, and that's all I have to say. I really – I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time on these first two picks. 
Yeah, this is one of the – I mean, every, every year we kind of know who the number one pick is going to be. This has been set in stone for probably like years. Year, two years now, three years. So, uh, yeah, Jacksonville won the lottery. They uh, – that was going to be the Jets for a while. They screwed that up. Thanks to the L.A. Rams. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a whole thing with uh, Lawrence is already – Lawrence and his uh, new wife are already um, linked with the – um, what is it like charities and whatnot and located in Jacksonville. So they're already yeah. getting involved in that community. It's cool to see. And uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting under urban Meyer. Yeah. I think it's clear cut Lawrence to the Jags. We've known it for, I mean, ever since the Jags locked in the number one pick. Um, let's go to pick number two, the New York jets select with the second pick in the draft. Also, I believe locked in at this point, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson out of BYU. Had an outstanding year this year, really elevated his draft stock. I think if you ask most people coming into this college football season, they probably had Justin Fields as the number QB. And although Fields really didn't have a down year, Zach Wilson had a fantastic year, led by BYU to a great season, had a great pro day as well. And he just seems like the Jets guy. And I think that is, is who Robert Sala, the young coach there, wants to start his tenure with. Got a guy that they can go in, in together. And I like Zach Wilson, great arm, athletic. And hopefully he can be the guy to at least move them in the right direction. They're not going to make a playoff run anytime soon, but they got to at least get it, get it somewhat moving. Because they got some draft capital too. So they got to build around Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is special. He can do some crazy things on his feet. He has a crazy arm. Um, he's going to make a lot of wow plays in his rookie season. Um, under Robert Sala, that should be fun to see. New coach. I like him a lot. Uh, and I think New York finally has their guy. Yeah, I agree. Zach Wilson, the Jets, just makes the most sense. The way he uh, played last year, and you just had the fact that um, this guy was a stud, and it's not like when he played at BYU, they had a ton of great weapons, and he made BYU a very competitive school even towards the end last year. Um, and I mean, the only thing I got to say with the Jets and Zach Wilson is get him some weapons and get him some protection. If you do that, the Jets will be, you know, back to competing again, which has felt like forever. Um with the number third pick in the draft, um, I think this is where yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of different picks. So who do you have at the number three spot? With my number three pick, I really, really don't like this whatsoever. I don't believe that this is the best pick in the situation. I, I would rather be wrong because I think that there's a better fit. I'm going to take Mac Jones here. I think Mac Jones is decent, and I still think he'll be good in that San Francisco offense that has Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Mostert. I think he'll fit there. That's obviously the best fit, I think, for him. I just don't think he's the best quarterback. I, I, if I was picking here, I, I would pick Justin Fields, and I want to, dis, I want to not believe the reports and open smoke and mirrors, but uh, apparently Kyle Shanahan really likes him. Obviously, we saw how much success – that uh, he, he was the OC when Matt Ryan won MVP. He was also in Washington for a little bit as well when uh, Kirk Cousins was kind of getting his first starting job there and in Cleveland for a little bit when Brian Hoyer played decent. So he's had success with that build. 
of quarterback, be kind of like pocket passer, not really mobile type of guy. I just think I think Justin Fields is the better selection here. But if if the reports are true and it's it's not like it's just one source, there's a bunch of different ones. The latest was Rappaport last night, but it's been for the last couple of weeks a bunch of different people saying Mac Jones. So I'm gonna bite. I'm gonna go Mac Jones at three, but that's not. I definitely don't love it. Look, yeah, I'm on the same page right now. All signs are pointing pointing towards Mac Jones. Um, a report just came out that um, apparently they are between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Justin Fields is out of the picture. I've seen uh, at least three, four different sources saying that. And I think the new report saying they don't know who they're taking at is complete BS because when they traded up, they gave up a lot to move up to number three. And when they did that, they knew who they're going to take at that point already. They're going to take Mac Jones at three. I don't think they're considering Trey Lance right now. And Mac Jones is better for a team that is very close to contending to make another Super Bowl run right now. I think Trey Lance is more of a uh, project. Um, I don't think he's going to start week one. I think Mac Jones can start week one. It'll be interesting to see if they do what they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. But um, I know a lot of people don't love this pick. I love Justin Fields. I thought that he was going to go number three, but after seeing all these reports, I think they're going in the Mac Jones direction. And don't get me wrong. He's still very good quarterback. He's a very, he has a great arm. Um, His mechanics are excellent. Yeah. He's, and we, we saw, how good he was last year he easily could have won the Heisman he although he has had great talents surrounding yeah I completely agree with the both of you I think just the rumors surrounding around Mac Jones and the 49ers makes sense and like what Ben mentioned earlier with the kind of quarterback Shanahan's worked with in the past it just makes too much sense at this point for Mac Jones the 49ers that's who I have. Um, let's go right into pick number four. The As of right now, the Atlanta Falcons hold this pick. Who do you guys have being taken in the number four position? So for me, so, four, or you can go, Colin. You can go. Oh, no, I, I didn't see you on the picture, so I didn't know if you were ready. Um, at number four, I think Atlanta will end up moving this pick, like I mentioned before. If they were to keep this pick, I think they'll go in the Kyle Pitts direction. Although I think they're going to trade this pick um, because they're going to get a lot of offers. And I know Ben is going to go one route with this, so I'm going to go the other route. I think New England is going to end up trading up to number four. I think they're going to be very aggressive to get this pick because um, with these Mac Jones rumors going around, I think they now know that they have a uh, choice between Justin Fields, Trey Lance, um, they can get their quarterback for the future for Bill Belichick. And they have a solid roster now around whoever they take much better than they had last year. So I actually think they're going to go the Justin Fields route here. I'm going to go Justin Fields, number four to the Patriots. I think it's an interesting fit. He's a dynamic playmaker. And I mean, I, that's just the, the, tr- the way the league is moving right now. Um, obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence's that can do everything, but you also have these dynamic guys like, I thought it made a lot of sense for the 49ers when you're in a division with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, to get a guy like Justin Fields. But I think the Patriots are going to um, take a big swing here. 
It's a big gamble, but I think they're going to go Justin Fields at four. I'm in the same boat, Colin, where I think that with Atlanta, it's either trade or Kyle Pitts. Just because, well, I think Kyle Pitts, you could argue, is the second best prospect in this draft because that dude is just so talented. But I think with Atlanta, one of of the reasons I don't have them QB, because I know a couple people do, you're probably going to get one, maybe probably very likely even at least two more good years out of Matt Ryan. So I don't think they really have to worry about picking from a weak QB draft class next year. I think they're pretty much set at least the next two years. And there's still a couple years on Matt Ryan's contract, which you're not going to be able to move. So it wouldn't make sense to draft a QB anyway. And then the reason I believe that the Falcons trade out of this pick is because, like I said, with such a talented QB draft class, I think we're going to see offers like we haven't seen before in terms of draft capital that people are going to give up. And so that's why I have the Falcons moving back. I think that it's going to be the Broncos instead I've liked Drew Locke. I just think he takes too many big shots that don't pay off when he has other stuff open underneath. So I think Denver needs to move on from that or at least bring in someone else, some competition. I'm going to go Broncos moving up to this pick. They don't have as far to go as New England. They only got to move up from nine. So I'm going to have the Broncos move up from nine to four, and I'm going to have the same pick as Colin. I'm going to have Justin Fields there because I think he's a great draft prospect. I loved how he played against Clemson in the college football playoffs with a lot of good players on that, on that Clemson defense, lit them up. And I think in Denver, they've had trouble staying healthy, but that's a decent offense as well with Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I think Justin Fields will have every chance to succeed there if they can stay healthy and get things right. And if Vic Fangio can finally turn that team around. So I'm going to go Denver to number four. I think that's the easier route for a team to trade up and then I'll have the Falcons moving back to nine. My personal uh, first of probably many um, bold takes in this um, draft is that Atlanta will not trade this pick, and they will not draft Kyle Pitts. Okay, I like this. They will draft Trey Lance, and here's why. Trey Lance needs a year to develop. We know this. He didn't really get to play last year because of the whole COVID uh, situation. So I think this will be a great system for him to sit a year behind Matt Ryan, who has won an MVP, and this offense that has a lot of weapons. Um, Let's not forget, this is also a brand-new system with a brand-new head coach of Arthur Smith. The Falcons have not made the playoffs in a couple years now at this point. Am I right? 2017. I think the last time, yeah, it was the Super Bowl year. The year after so the run is silly. Yeah, so their run is their run is uh it's coming towards the end. And I think with the multiple reports that there is, I mean, there's rumors that they might move away from even a guy like Julio. That's kind of the reason why I don't think they take a guy like um Kyle Pitts is because. They are very close from just rebuilding this entire thing, I feel like. Matt Ryan's kind of old. They don't really have any solid players on their defense. Julio, as we know, is one of the best receivers in the league. And there is a market out there for good receivers. I feel like they take a guy like Trey Lance, sit him for a year, and then next year, if they don't compete this year, which I personally don't think they will, they might blow it up 
They might get rid of a Julio. They might get rid of a Matt Ryan. And they might just try and start over with some new picks, with a new coach and a new offense, new system, with a brand-new quarterback in Trey Lance. That's what I think. No, I, I like that. And I could certainly see it. If their front office sees one of the quarterbacks remaining, if they see a Trey Lance or Justin Fields, if he's still there, and they think, you know, this is a guy that could be our quarterback for the next 10, 15 years, if they think one of those guys is that type of guy, that type of caliber, um, I think they'll certainly will, will not hesitate to take that quarterback because there are a lot of special talents in this draft and they may not have another pick in the top five in coming years. So if, if the opportunity is there and they truly believe in that quarterback, they will take him. Um, and you're right. They are on the downfall. They're not contenders right now. And there's the Julio Jones rumors. I could see him trading Julio. Uh, you're right. I could see him sitting Lance for a year. Uh maybe finding a trade partner with Matt Ryan, moving on to Lance as part of their rebuild. I could certainly see it. Uh, let's move right into pick number five, currently held by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is a pretty obvious one. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who you have here, Donovan, with my fifth pick in the draft. I am going to t- I'm going to keep Joe Burrow alive as much as he's argued for Jamar Chase reportedly. I am going to make sure that he doesn't tear his other ACL, and I'm going to take Penny Sewell out of Oregon, the offensive tackle. I I would be completely honest. It would be so much fun to watch Burrow and Chase. I just it's that offensive line needs so much work. Burrow got hit a lot last year, and Penny Sewell is a big strong ton of potential offensive tackle and I just you don't you're not really going to have a chance to to just bolster your line like this is a guy that they can just set their tackle and he's going to be there as long as Burrow's there hopefully if he turns out so I just think that's a guy you just know is going to be is, is going to be a great selection you lock him in at, at offensive tackle and Jamar Chase who I think is all worldly talent is is probably my best receiver in the draft I just think it's too big of a risk to not protect your young quarterback. Yeah, Joe Burrow, to me at least, proved the last year that he is that dude. Um, When he was healthy, he really performed, and he kept the Bengals in a lot of games. They looked like a team that was just a year or two away from possibly uh, contending for a playoff spot. So I agree. Uh, Penny Sewell from Oregon, I think he is maybe besides Lawrence and maybe Kyle Pitts the most – comfortable or the most um, surefire pick in this draft. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be an all pro talent for 10 plus years. And you're right. Protect your franchise quarterback. And one more thing with Cincy is it's not like they're weapon hungry anyway. Tyler Boyd, I think is a really good receiver and T Higgins showed a ton of potential and played really well last year in his rookie season. I think that was a really nice pick for them in the second round. So you got two good receivers there um, you, you would like to maybe have a little bit more depth. They lose AJ green who wasn't staying healthy anyway, and they don't really have a tight end, but it's not something that you don't need to jump at five and, and risk the surefire pick in Penny Sewell. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I do think, I do think they'd be very tempted to take him. Um, uh, Jamar chase. I mean, uh, just because it's, 
who the history between the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and what they did in that national championship year. But it just – you need to protect your guy. I mean, if they had Penny Sewell last year, there's a good chance Joe Burrow wouldn't be injured right now. Um, but I just – it just makes too much sense for Penny. But I am really intrigued uh, with Jamar Chase possibly going to the Bengals. Um, let's go right to pick number six, currently held by the Dolphins. They they traded down and then up to get this pick. Very, very interesting uh, turn of events. But uh, who do you guys have Miami taking? So with the number six pick, I think uh, the reason to me at least was obvious why they traded back up from 12, and that's because they need to get to a, a pass catcher. I think moving down from three, that showed that they are, are, are confident in Tua Tungavailoa to, to take, take the step because they won games with him, but they weren't necessarily winning because of him. But they're going to lock it in with Tua, and they need to get him a pass catcher. So here is where I have Jamar Chase going, wide receiver, LSU, to the Miami Dolphins. I think you could totally make an argument for any of those top three wide receivers. Jamar Chase was just so good, though, and I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that because he opted out of last season. But the year before, he was fantastic. I think he has all the physical tools to be a great wide receiver in the league. And I think he's perfect for Tua to try and help that offense that offense take the next step. I, I like Devontae Parker when he's healthy. I don't think he's necessarily a wide receiver one. But when Chase becomes that wide receiver one, Devontae Parker forms a decent, a pretty good tandem with them. And I, I like the Jamar Chase pick at six. Yeah, I also have Jamar Chase going six. Um, he's too great of a talent to pass up on. And you're right, get to uh, um, that other weapon. So you're now looking at a receiver trio of um, possibly Chase, Parker, and Will Fuller. That is outstanding. Uh, throw in um, tight end, what's it, Mike Kosicki. Everyone, Mike oh, Kosicki. Yeah. And I think they'll also, if they want to, have an opportunity to get uh, premier running back uh, later on in the first round. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I love this fit for them. I love um, getting two of those weapons and it just makes way too much sense. As a Buffalo Bills fan, it kills me to say um, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins because I agree they do need some wide receiver help. Um, but even even if they don't take a guy like Jamar Chase and they decide to go with the option of Jalen Waddle because Waddle's played with Tua and they do have that connection, um, I would still be scared as shit to play Jalen Waddle because of the speed. Day one of the league, he will probably be a top five fastest wide receiver in all of football. He's just that fast. Yeah. And, it, I mean, this, this Dolphins team is slowly but surely getting – Getting a little frisky, and as a Bills fan, I am getting a little nervous here. But Jamar Chase, I think, is the obvious pick. But kind of like with Jamar Chase maybe going to the Bengals, I wouldn't put it past them taking a guy like a Waddle or maybe even a Devontae Smith just because they have that connection with the Tua Tungabailoa at University of Alabama. Like it. Pick number seven, 
So pick number seven, the Lions. This one I went back and forth on a ton. I, I, this for me is kind of more of a toss up um, than, than a couple of the other picks, just because I could see the Lions trading back if a team wants to get their QB because the Lions, at least they hope, have theirs. And I think the Lions could go offensive line or I'm going to have them take, in my mind, best player available. I think this guy could be could be the one who falls because he's not at a premier position. But I think he has some of the most talent. I love Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. I think that dude is so talented and he's going to make a great spot in a defense. I, I went back and forth here with the Lions between this and an offensive lineman. But I just think if you're in this situation, go best player available. And I, I mean, I, I'm saying best player available, and that would be Kyle Pitts at this point. I just don't think they need tight end. They have Hawkinson, and Hawkinson's talented as well. And for that reason, uh, I know I kind of went a big circle there. But uh, I make, made it all the way back to Micah Parsons. I like that. Yeah, best linebacker in the draft. I'm going to go a different route. I think the Lions are going to trade this pick because the Philadelphia Eagles see someone on the board that they would love to have at this point. I know they traded down from six. They're going to trade back up because they have the pieces to do so. And they're going to get their quarterback of the future, Jalen Hurts, his tight end of the future and his top target for many years to come. They're going to go with Kyle Pitts. Um, they see him fall all the way to seven and I shouldn't say all the way. It's not like it's a huge drop or anything, but they're going to take Kyle Pitts. Uh, Zach Ertz broke one tackle last season. Uh, according to, uh, did Ertz break a tackle Twitter account? It was on uh, one of our, one of the show's favorites. It was on October 4th. He hasn't broken a tackle since October 4th. They need, um, they need a dynamic player on offense. I know they took a uh, Rieger last year. Um, we'll see what he does when he's healthy. They have, uh, what's his name? Fulgham. They have Miles Sanders. Give him a Kyle Pitts and Jalen Hurts will thrive. Um, I, 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 they have a lot of holes. Don't get me wrong. The Philadelphia Eagles have a lot to fix, but I think this is a guy that will be around for a long time. I think he's an, another one of those surefire picks. I, I really, really like that pick, Colin. That's not one that I've seen in a lot of mock drafts, and that's not one that I really even thought of. When I thought of the Lions trading this pick, I didn't think of the Eagles moving back up to seven after being at six. But now that you mentioned that, I love that because not to mention you pair him with Dallas Goddard, who's there as well, who's an athletic tight end. And then we know how fast an athletic Rager is if he can stay healthy and if he can start to show signs. And then obviously Hertz can move. That is a they're they're not going to be contenders, but that offense is very fast, very athletic, and the league is starting to move closer and closer to that. As we see the Chiefs, who have been big contenders, they have speed all over the place, and I think that would make for a really fun Eagles offense. And I think there's a whole lot of intrigue with that pick. If Kyle Pitts does make it to seven, I I, I really like that that move back up to seven for Philly. Yeah, again, it all has to do with, like, who's still on the board Oh yeah, um, with these mocks. So I, I think a player falling like that, I was just – the Lions have a lot of holes, and I could see them uh, wanting to stockpile on picks. I could see them going a lot of different directions because they do have a lot of holes to fix. But 
I think the Eagles make a good enough offer. They will trade back. Lions with a uh, brand-new coach, too, and a brand-new system uh, with a brand-new quarterback, too. Um, Goff, we saw him do really, really bad his first year in the league, but once they got a new coach, a new system, and gave him some weapons, Goff played a lot better, earned that contract, and took him to a Super Bowl. I think, most importantly, instead of draft picks for the um, – Lions, they need weapons. And I think Jalen Waddle right here just makes the most sense in a division that no longer out no longer really has that shutdown corner that we've seen in years past. Um, I mean the Bears just lost Kyle Fuller. The Packers kind of have. Um, I mean they have Jair Alexander, obviously, being one of the best corners in the league, but other than that. Not a whole lot of great cornerback depth in this division. I think Jalen Long will thrive, especially with a uh, – I think this will be a very underrated offense with Goff, uh, DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, Waddle, and then do they still have Marvin Jones? They do mm-hmm. not. He went to uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, well I think – Just good enough to maybe crack third in the NFC North. Yes. Which makes your point even more valid because they really need receivers. No Gallup, no Jones. Uh, they, I, I just like Jalen Waddle here. It makes the most sense. Um, let's go pick number eight. With pick number eight to Carolina, I am finally going to draft one of my favorite players in the draft. Here is where I have Kyle Pitts going. I think I don't mm. think he makes it anywhere farther past eight. And I really think it's a stretch that he even made it for me to eight. There's a lot of ways where he doesn't make it out of the top five, and I could see him going at seven too. So here's where I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. Sam Donald, obviously the new quarterback, and outing Kyle Pitts into that offense would make that a whole lot of potential to be extremely scary. Obviously McCaffrey, if he has a season staying healthy, they got great receiving core of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson his first year in Carolina played awesome. And then if Sam Darnold can can bring back that talent that has got to be in there somewhere and eliminate that one to two throws a game where it's just like, what are you doing? Hopefully Kyle Pitts can help change that. I like Matt Rule a lot there. I think Matt Rule will use Kyle Pitts in a lot of really creative ways. And I think this would be an awesome spot for him to go. I definitely think it's a stretch that I even have him falling to this pick, but I see almost no way where he makes it farther than this. And I would love him in Carolina. I like that pick. I'm going to go with Trey Lance here to the Panthers. Um, I don't know why I've, I've kind of spoke this pick into existence. It's, it's always felt like a good fit for me. The Darnold trade did catch me off guard. It's made me second guess this pick because they did give up a second round pick. So um, I, I think they're considering a lot of things. If Trey Lance falls into their lap at eight, I could certainly see them going with him. He's a very special talent, um, dynamic playmaker, and this still a rebuilding team, although they do have a lot of good things on offense. They do have a DJ Moore. They do have a Robbie Anderson and a Christian McCaffrey, and we've all been saying Trey Lance isn't the guy that's going to start week one. I think we will see Sam Darnold play next year. We'll see him start. Um, but I could certainly see them going with the Trey Lance as they're thinking for the future. 
because there's still tons of questions around Darnold, uh, whether he can actually, whether he's a starting caliber player in this league. I'm not a huge fan of that pick. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, drafting a quarterback right after you trade for a quarterback doesn't make a whole lot of sense just because what if, what if Sam Darnold has a Pro Bowl caliber near the next year? You can't have a guy that you kind of committed to because he had such a great year and a guy that you were waiting to see you know, him develop. And I don't think you would then trade one of them. doesn't make a lot of sense. I completely agree with Ben. Um, this is as low as Kyle, Pick is, Kyle Pitts is going to go, and I think he will go here making that offense – very interesting, and they still have their offensive coordinator. Is the dude from LSU? What was his name? Um, oh, Brady. Bill Brady. Brady. Yes, Brady, they still yeah. have him. One of the most underrated um, offensive minds in all of football. And if they do happen to draft Kyle Pitts, Carolina will be on my radar for being my sleeper team of 2021. Okay. Let's go to pick number eight, currently held by the Denver Broncos. That'd be nine. 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 That's... Yes, sorry. Pick number nine. So, yeah, even though pick number nine is held by the Broncos, I had them moving up to four to take fields. So that would mean that this pick is occupied for me by the Falcons, who I'm looking at the draft board. I don't necessarily know if they love anyone here. I know they can maybe use some secondary help and I haven't had anyone go off the board in that, in that area so far, but I think that they're going to get another fantastic offer from a team that hasn't been able to hit on quarterback ever. We all know that they've never had a 4,000 yard passer. So, and just because of that, I think that Ryan Pace will swing for the moon and give the, the Falcons another fantastic offer. And for a team that really needs to kind of rebuild most of the roster the, the draft capital that they could collect by doing this would be insane. So I'm going to have the Falcons move back again. I'm going to have the Bears straight up to this spot. And then I have the Bears, although they said that they like Andy Dahl and I wouldn't put it past them to change their mind. And I'm going to have the Bears move up to take Trey Lance. He's the guy we've all known. He's a project. You could sit him for a year behind Andy Dalton. The Bears definitely need a lot of help, but it starts at quarterback. And I could see them at least attempt this. So I, I had the first quarterbacks go one through four. Here's where I have my fifth one going. I think the Falcons come out very, very happy because they now have a billion picks for the future and the bears get what they hope is their guy by moving up into the nine spot. I think that they beat out a team like new England who would also want to move up here. And I think the bears get Trey Lance. I hope for, I hope for the bears fans that this something like this is what happens because if the bears don't move up, I would hate to see them reach for a day two guy with their day one pick just because they want a quarterback. So this is what I'm going to go with at nine. At nine, I'm going to go with, um, I have the Denver Broncos here and I have them taking Rashawn Slater. I think, um, the Broncos do need a quarterback, but in my mock, I had the Patriots ultimately getting that number four spot. So I think Denver here goes with a tackle. Um, still unsure about their whole quarterback situation with Drew Locke. I'm not a big fan of him, but 
I think their defense is good enough here. They still have the top cornerbacks left on the board, although I don't think they necessarily need one. I also don't think they need a Mike, Micah Parsons as much as they could use a tackle. So I'm going to give them Rashawn Slater here out of Northwestern. He's a freak of nature. He's a huge dude. Um, and he performed very well against some of the, like Ohio State in 2019. He's a guy that opted out last year, so we didn't get to see him, but he is an all uh, Big Ten first team guy. Uh, and I think he's going to be a stud. Um, I don't know uh, Vic Fangio personally. But I do know that I don't think any of uh, us know Vic Fangio personally. Correct. But um, what I was getting at is that I know for a fact he loves defense and he loves linebackers. And the Broncos do have good linebackers. They do have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb at the ends, but they don't really have that kind of interior uh, linebacker. And that's where I think uh, Micah Parsons goes. He, he can play kind of that inside linebacker role and get a bunch of tackles. And I think that's just going to solidify this Broncos defense as one of the league's best. And if, um, if Micah Parsons were to fall to that spot, um, Vic Fangio was the guy who was awesome with the Bears defense. And we saw him use a fantastic athletic talent like Khalil Mack. That's a guy that can be used both on the line and at linebacker because kind of can play both. And the way that he used him could be kind of a way where he could try and at least replicate that with someone who's super athletic in Micah Parsons. Maybe not the stature that Khalil Mack is, but someone that's that's uber talented, uber athletic. And I think that would be a great fit in a, in a defensive coach type system. Agreed. I, I just think that makes a lot of sense to me. They kind of need that middle linebacker kind of role, inside linebacker role. And I mean – it's the best linebacker in the draft for one of the best defensive coaches in the draft. It just just makes too much sense to me. Yes, they could probably use a quarterback, and Colin, the offensive line pick, does make a lot of sense, but Vic Fangio is defense wins championships, and he's, he's trying to win a championship. Yep. Um, let's go to pick number 10, currently held by, how about them Cowboys, Jerry World. So as Jerry Jones makes this pick from his yacht, I have him taking the first member of the second, the secondary in this draft. And I think there's a lot of options here that you could go with from, from the cornerback selection, but I'm going to have him taking Patrick Sertain out of Bama. They go a corner out of Bama for the second year in a row as they took Trayvon Diggs last year. And they'll add Sertain to that secondary this year. There there's some good receivers in the NFC East Obviously, I have Terry McLaurin. A lot of them are on the Cowboys, but then Galladay, you add into the picture. Darius Slayton is at his moments, and then you never know who the Eagles are going to draft. So a team that kind of has a weak secondary like Dallas is, is going to need some guys to shut them down, and I think Patrick Sertain showed a lot at Bama, and it'll, I think, translate to the NFL. Yeah, I also have Patrick Sertain. I think he's the best corner in the draft. Um, he is an absolute stud. I would love to have him on the Raiders, but he's not going to fall that far unless they were to trade up for him. So I'm going to go with Sertan. They could definitely use some more secondary help, although I did like the um, Diggs pick last year. Um, and I just think it makes too much sense for them. So I'm going to go Sertan at 10. 
completely agree. I also have Sertan here, but knowing Jerry, I would not put it past them if they decided to just say, fuck it, we need more offense. Let's take the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. That would be I, that yeah. would be a receiving core for sure. Yeah, I think Jerry's idea is just kind of taking away alignment and adding just another receiver on the field. Sooner or later, Dak's going to have seven all-pro wide receivers that he can just throw it up to, and the final score will be like an 88-80 to 80 loss from the Cowboys. Yep. Um, let's go right into pick number 11, held by the New York football Giants. So even though in New York they added Kenny Galladay this offseason and they have guys like Slayton and NFC Pro Bowler Evan Ingram on that offense, I am going to give them Jalen Waddle with this pick. I think they, they really want to make this Daniel Jones thing work, even though he's had some turnover problems. But adding in Jalen Waddle, if, if Danny Dimes can't succeed, they know that, that he is not the answer. And I think they'll solidify their offensive weapon group because this is a defense that played well in, in games down the stretch last year. And I, I, I like, obviously, Saquon at running back. So you add in Jalen Waddle, that gives you a really strong receiving group and something that you can move forward with and hopefully compete in the NFC Beast. I am going to go with Jalen Waddle here to the New York Giants. Uh, like you said, although they have Galladay, I think they're going full on Daniel Jones, full on Danny Dimes. They're getting Saquon back. They just signed Kenny Galladay. You're right. They have Ing- Evan Ingram. They do have good weapons. They could certainly uh, continue to bolster that offensive line. But given that there's still a talent like Jalen Waddle on the board, they will go with him. He has absolute burners. He's all, he's similar to a Henry Ruggs last year. He watched this dude at Bama. Um, he has his best games against the best teams. Um, that He didn't play too much last season, uh, but when he did, he was arguably uh, more impactful than Devontae Smith when he was on the field. And the year before, uh, I remember their game against LSU, he probably had three or four touchdowns in the Iron Bowl. He was awesome. Um, he makes big plays and big moments, and I think they're really missing OBJ right about now, and they want another dynamic playmaker, so they're going to go Waddle. I have – I am also taking a wide receiver from Alabama, but it's not Waddle. I am taking the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. I feel like with – I think it's it, – Devontae Smith is a very interesting pick this year. Because he won the Heisman, he completely dominated not only college football, but the SEC, which is very hard to do. Um, but he just his, – his physical stature is very long, lengthy, skinny. It, it doesn't fit the modern-day wide receiver build of these massive DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown kind of guys. So he's kind of labeled as a risk because we don't know how he's going to perform. I think the Giants – at pick 11 are more than uh, willing to take a risk on a guy like uh, Devontae Smith because they have guys like Darius Slayton and they have Kenny Galladay, Saquon, Evan Ingram, a good defense. Um, I mean, and even sliding Devontae Smith as a number three kind of slot guy, I think he will be more than fine in the New York system with 
Um, Coach Judge. I mean, we love Coach Judge. Yes. Joe Judge all the way. Let's go with the Eagles at pick number 12. So I had the Eagles here. That's also a team where I know that the, the popular pick might be receiver. I just don't see them after taking the pick with J.J. Arcega Whiteside two years ago and then Rager last year. One, Rager still, you don't know yet. He has a ton of potential. And I just don't think you can, you can go receiver for a third year in a row. You have to start attempting to fill other needs. And this is a team that has had secondary problems ever since the Super Bowl run. So I could see them either going Caleb Farley or J.C. Horn here at cornerback. I'm going to give them Farley, but uh, I could see Horn as well. But I think a, a cornerback would be a great selection for Philly right here. Sorry, Jalen Hurts, I'm not going to get you a weapon. But uh, I think the, the defense needs some work. I had Philly trading up to take Kyle Pitts. So this pick, I have the Lions who are going to get the position that they want. Um, we talked about it with Donovan's pick. He had them taking Waddle. I said, I agree that they need a receiver because they don't have any good receivers right now. They need a Devontae Smith. Um, Jared Goff is their quarterback right now. And that's just – I mean, they they could potentially go – take another quarterback if they don't if they just do not like Jared Goff at all they just want to move on from him as soon as possible they could take a quarterback and not trade down I have them trading down though and taking receiver to put with Jared Goff and that is Devontae Smith the slim reaper we saw how good he was um all of last season Waddle got hurt Devontae Smith Devontae Smith was that guy he had one of the best uh receiver performances we've ever seen in the championship game and he only played one half and just everything leading up to that he was the most dominant player in the country he deserved the Heisman trophy and I think in that Lions offense he would be a stud I think he's gonna be a stud wherever he goes because he's that good he's a pro ready and uh Goff would now have him and Hawkinson as weapons yeah a uh, very interesting pick I have the Eagles here taking a wide receiver from LSU, Terrence Marshall Jr. Now, it's a bit of a stretch, but we know that the Eagles are not afraid to stretch on a wide receiver. It's reports that they like Terrence Marshall a lot, and Terrence Marshall kind of showed this year, even though LSU wasn't that great, that he can be a number one guy. And I liked what I saw from Fulgham and Rager last year, but it didn't necessarily scream number one wide receiver to me. And of the wide receivers left, I think this is the best guy you can look at to be a number one wide receiver is Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah, I like him a lot. We all saw – no, we didn't get to watch him too much last year because LSU didn't play in a lot of primetime games, but – even when he had uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson on that team, he was a very good uh, playmaker for them. Yep. All right, let's go to pick number 13, right? 13. Yeah, 13. The Los Angeles Chargers. With this pick, this is a guy that I could see not even making it past like the seventh or eighth pick, but just the way things shook out for me, he fell. I'm going to take Rashawn Slater. I think it's very, very likely that – the Chargers go offensive line here, no matter 
who is available if Slater's not there. Obviously, you got to protect your rookie of the year QB. Herbert's a stud. They need some offensive line work. They already have weapons on offense. And I think the best pick here, especially with Slater, how talented he is, if he were to make it to 13, I think the Chargers would be drooling over him. I think there's a possibility, a very strong possibility, that he doesn't make it this far. But it, just the way things shook out, I have Slater falling, and he would be an excellent guy to plug in there to protect Joe, or protect uh, Justin Herbert. I have them going with an absolute beast of a man, Christian Derisaw. Um, I Slater is no longer on my board, so I have him going with another offensive lineman. Um, out of Virginia Tech, um, I've, I've watched this guy's highlights. He's an absolute monster, huge dude. And I agree that they need to protect Justin Herbert because we know that he's special and we know that he is going to be special for the next at least 10 years. So protect that man. Agreed. Uh, I'm with Ben on this one. I have Slater on my board. So I think he's going to go here. It makes a lot of sense. They need help. He's a very good lineman. I agree. I doubt he will last this long. It's just in my math. He happened to fall here. But even if they have to pick a guy like Darisaw or maybe Elijah Barrett Tucker, I think they will be more than happy with it. Um, Pick 14. Let's, you know what, Ben, you, you take this one away. So Minnesota Vikings with this spot. Mike Zimmer claimed that the way the Vikings had their offseason, which they added a lot of pieces, he claimed that the Vikings set themselves up to take best player available with this pick. So by that logic, that would have me taking Devontae Smith here. I think that statement, though, is a bluff. The Vikings need to get some receiver depth. I just don't think that they would would go and feel that need, especially when there's much more glaring ones for this team. So I'm going to have the Vikings go Christian Darisaw here. I know defensive end Quiddy Pay has been a popular mock selection to this spot. I just think when the Vikings have Daniel Hunter coming back and then you add P- Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, I think you can get away with having a slightly weaker opposite side of that defensive line. And I think a team that has not been able to solve their offensive line for the past decade, I think that's much more important. Colin already mentioned how much of a beast Christian Darisaw is. 14 is a uh, might be slightly higher than I would love Darisaw to go, but I still think he's super talented. And for a team that has a ton of offensive weapons, we know Kirk can play. You've got to give that man time. And that offensive line, the way it is right now, is just so weak. And I think Vikings would especially love Slater if he were to fall. I just don't think there's any way Slater would make it past the Chargers. So I'm going to give Darisaw to Minnesota. Although, if they were truly going best player available and a receiver fell, that's what they would do. But I don't see Mike Zimmer giving the okay on that. So the Vikings here, I don't really know what's going on with the Neil Hunter, but I think the Vikings need more pass rush. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Pay out of Michigan. I have seen this in a couple mocks, and I like the fit. Um, I, when you talk about their biggest needs, I think that fits right in with their, some of their biggest needs. You're right. They could use some help on the offensive line. But I'm going to go with the edge rusher, senior out of Michigan. Um, and I just think it's a safe pick for their future. So If it's not offensive line, I would be very surprised if it's not pay. I think he, like you said, that's a need as well. And if, if it's not, if 
I think if for somehow both Slater and Darisaw were to be gone by 14, then I would pretty much lock in pay. Um, but I think given the choice, Darisaw might be the best option. But like I said, Quiddy Pay would also be a very well warranted selection. Yeah, and there is a couple of linemen I like a lot, like Elijah Vera Tucker, the tackle out of Oklahoma State, I think are both very good. Um, but yeah, I, I just went with pay here. And I think 14 is a slight reach for those two. Anyway, I really like Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I think that dude's very versatile. You can play him at a lot of spots. I would just say if they if that was someone who they really wanted, then I would look at moving back five or six picks, recoup recoup some draft capital because they don't have a second and then take him. I just think 14 would be a reach. And that's why I didn't, I, that's why I went with Darisaw and not someone like Elijah Red Tucker, who I like a lot as well. You're muted, Donovan. But no. Uh oh. Colin, Colin, say what you were going to say. Right. Uh, sorry. Right. There's Donovan. I uh I have the Vikings taking a linebacker here. I have them taking the dude out of Notre Dame. I'm gonna try and say his name. Oh, um, and I will say it long. Jeremiah Owuso <laughs> Koromoa. There you go. I was spot on right there. Um, you know, but I think it's a good fit. They need. I think they just need linebacker help. <clears throat> I think that's pretty much it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they lose? They've lost a couple like of linebacker guys over the last couple of years. They still got Barr and Kendricks, but I think Barr, the way they renegotiated Barr's contract, is he now is a free agent after the season. So Kendricks is obviously all pro, one of the best linebackers in the league. Barr is super athletic, but missed all of last season, and that was killer for the defense. So um, it, it would be a smart selection because, like I said, it, um, Barr, I think, will be gone after the season. So if somehow Micah Parsons fell this far, that would be a dream selection. And uh, uh, like I said, I think, I think linebacker is, is good right now, but it's definitely something that they need to at least think about for building towards the future. All right. And I think for our final pick, we're going to stop here at 15 and then go over a couple of other guys. But at 15, New England Patriots, who do you have them taking? All right. So with the final pick, the New England Patriots, I will have them taking Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith with this pick. Uh, I know you guys have had the three receivers. Donovan had four receivers go already. But just the way it shook out for me, I had Smith fall a little bit farther. I think Devonta Smith is going to be great in the NFL. He's going to succeed. I'm not too worried about that. And for a team like the Patriots, I know they signed Henry, John o. Smith, Nelson Aguilar, signed a lot of guys, um, Kendrick Bourne as well. I still think they need a true playmaker skill position, and I'm going to have them go Devonta Smith. Although many different things could happen with the Patriots, and that's what I love about this draft. They can move up for QB. Smith could easily be gone by this pick and pages have to go elsewhere. But if this were, if it were to shake out this way, they would love to add Devonta Smith to that offense. So at 15 here, I had the Patriots straight. Ooh, my bad. Trading with Atlanta. So um, 
looking at who I had kind of slipping down my board, a player who I like a lot is uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, he's very athletic, 6'1", um, and it's a great fit here to go to Atlanta. They definitely need a cornerback, and I think this is a dream scenario for them if they do decide to trade with New England because a guy that is higher on most draft boards just happened to slip down based on um, who's ahead of them, te- like uh, needs for certain teams. And they land with J.C. Horn to pair up with A.J. Terrell. I have the Patriots, and I hinted at it earlier in the episode, but I have the Patriots taking a quarterback. And I think this is going to be the guy. I say it every year. There's always a guy in this draft that falls. I think the guy that's going to fall this year, I don't necessarily agree with, and I don't necessarily know why, but I think it's Justin Fields. From the reports, Justin Fields is just, he's been going down draft boards. I don't necessarily know why. I think he's a very good, talented player. But if you look at the teams outside of the top four, there's not a lot of whole quarterback need. They need to do a lot of defense or skill position. And it just doesn't make sense. And unless a team is going to trade up and take a guy like Fields, um, I don't I don't see Fields going any higher than 15 strictly because there's not a whole lot of need. And I think you can kind of wait on him to fall. But I'm sure some, some team out there is going to – see that he's falling, and then trade with one of these mini, mid-level guys to try and get fields. But as of right now, I have him as a New England Patriot. See, it's like – that's tough for me because I just feel like if he falls to like 9, 10, you know, I, at some point someone's going to trade up. A team that's, who, that's my thought as well. Sorry. Someone like the Bears or if a quarterback like that falls outside the top 10, Someone's going to trade up. Um, I could I could see Bears, and I did have them trading up, as I said, to nine. Or even, um, I think, Washington, too. I know they signed Fitzpatrick, but he's not obviously the long-term solution. And they're a young team that's kind of gearing up to be good here in the next couple of years. And I just – I don't know why Fields is falling, um, but I think if he were to make it to that 9, 10, 11 area – then I think someone would make a move. And I think someone would be okay with trading back because you would get a ton of draft capital for such a talented uh, selection of quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. And the whole San Francisco thing is confusing to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm, no, I'm no scout. I'm no expert. But Justin Fields did make a lot of sense for me at number three. But this is a team I, – I think I remember back when they had um, – uh, when they drafted Solomon Thomas, someone said that on their big board, Ruben Foster was their number three guy. He's someone that they got, I believe, at the end of the first round. But it was just like they – a lot. So these guys think differently than we do, and they're not just take best available. They're, like, set on certain guys. They don't listen to what the rest of the media says. Um, they do their own scouting, and it, they like who they like. And – We've seen that with the Raiders, with John Gruden. 
Uh, he reached on Colton Miller. I ended up working. He obviously reached on Cleveland Farrell, even though he wasn't in the top 10 in most draft boards. And it's just, if they really like Mac Jones, they're going to take him at three. They're not going to wait. Um, if they believe they're, he's their guy, they're not going to take any risks. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm very excited. Um, between you guys, is there any other kind of guys you think are any other certain teams or players you want to talk about potentially being picked? I have a couple, just a small list um, of a few guys. J.C. Horn was one of them who Colin actually had going. Um, I could easily see him him being gone. You could swap him and Farley out with that Eagles pick. I think J.C. Horn is a talented corner as well. I like Quiddy Pay. Talked about him too. I think one of the best Ed rushers at this point. Elijah Very Tucker. I think a team that wants to agile can play a lot of spots, offensive linemen. Uh, and if he falls out of the top 15, that would be a, a big target for a lot of the teams in that mid round. And then uh, Christian, Christian Barmore, I believe defensive lineman out of Bama. I think that dude has a lot of talent as well. If, if you're looking at defensive line talent out of this top 15, I think him is, is going to be a guy that's going to make a lot of noise wherever he goes, especially if it's in a good system. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's a beast. And I mean, on a draft, that's not, uh, very strong with defensive line in general, especially defensive tackles. Um, I could definitely see a team uh, who is in need of one, maybe reaching a little bit on him. Uh, I also think Najee Harris is very interesting. He's the best running back in this draft. I know Donovan, I'll let you talk about him in a sec. Um, but, man, these Bama skill positions, skill position players in the past couple of years have just been insane. They're, they produce an insane amount of talent. And uh, I like uh, Micah Parsons. I guess you could say he's my guy who fell. I didn't have him in my top 15. Um, he might be the best linebacker in the draft. Uh, it just so happened with the way things went. Um, teams wanting quarterbacks early and then the best skill or the best defensive players going next, offensive linemen. I had him falling. I also love Greg Newsome out of Northwestern, and I like him because of his speed. He's a very fast player. Um, he could fit on a lot of different teams. I could even see uh, the Arizona at 16 taking him. And, yeah, I, I, and I'm very scared to see what the Raiders do at 17. Because if, if a Parsons or someone did fall to them, I'm scared they would pass on him. Uh, I feel like they're definitely headed in the offensive line direction with their complete offensive line turnover in the offseason. They lost Trent Brown. They lost Rodney Hudson. I could certainly see them going with a tackle because they do need one. So for me, probably the three most interesting guys I'm looking forward to see where they go are one, Najee Harris, and we talked about not only because the Bills could really use him, um, I the Bills defense does need help on the uh, defensive line, especially. But other than that, their defense is going to be fine. And really, at this point, the Bills, we know, are good enough to compete in the AFC. It's just, are they good enough to compete with the Chiefs? And the big issue with the Bills last year is they had zero running game. And I think if you add a guy like Najee Harris to this team, it com completely 
opens up the offense. Not only will you be able to run the ball with Najee Harris, Josh Allen himself, and you can easily work in Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, guys like that, but it'll also open up the passing game now that they have that threat to actually run the football. Um, the second guy I'm interested in is Gregory Rosu. Probably saying his name I like wrong. him. Yeah, he like is him. a guy. I think he's potentially the best defensive lineman in this draft. And I think the Bills have a chance to draft him. I hope he falls down that far because if they do, I will perfectly be fine with taking him. The other thing about Najee Harris that I forgot to mention is that not only are the Bills interested in him, but the Jets and the Dolphins are also interested in Najee Harris. Dolphins have picked 18, the Jets have picked 23, and the Bills pick at 30. So obviously he will need to pass through both our division rivals for him to fall to us. So I'm a little nervous on that, that if we don't get Najee Harris, we'll then have to play him two times a year. But, and the last guy, and I missed if Ben mentioned it or not, my favorite receiver out of this draft, Rashard Bateman. Yes, I love him too. I, I forgot to mention him. I think once you get past that initial group of the three elite in Smith, Waddle, and Chase, that Bateman is like like tier two or even just like 1B. I think that dude has a lot of talent. I think if he went to a team that already – like especially since he's going to fall to the late first rounds, if he goes to a team for, say, Green Bay that has Devontae Adams, I think he would do awesome there. I think he'd do awesome in a lot of places – but I think Bateman's a great receiver. Yeah, I think Bateman is the kind of guy where he can pull like a Justin Jefferson where last year not a lot of people were saying Justin Jefferson was going to be the best receiver out of the draft. And all of a sudden, I think it's almost without a doubt he's going to be the best receiver in in the last draft class. Bateman, with his route running, his speed, I've watched him at Minnesota the last couple of years. He is a stud. And currently in my mock draft, I have him going to the Colts. I think that'd be a that great would be an awesome pitch. fit as well. I didn't think of that. Yes. So I those are the three guys I'm really looking forward to watch. Um, if the Bills can get their hands on any three of those guys, I will say it's a win of a draft. Probably less of Bateman because we already have good receivers. But if we can get a Gregory Rosu or a Najee Harris and even if we pass on a uh, Nashi Harris and then come second round, we have to get a guy like Travis Etienne. I wouldn't even be mad about that either. So I think this is, this is going to be a very interesting draft. Oh, boys. I cannot wait. Will green Bay finally um, go with another receiver? Cause you could argue, we talked about how loaded last year's receiver class was and they passed. Um, this one, I believe, is also pretty deep. It's also loaded at the top. I think this is finally the year that they go with the receiver. I've been speaking this one into existence for months. I think they go Rondell Moore. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, and I think he's just what that offense needs. I think he's just what Aaron Rodgers needs. And uh, I think they're, I think it's really tough to repeat. And if they're able to get a guy like that for the offense, I think the Packers have a real shot winning the NFC next year. I'll have to see it to believe it if uh, the Packers draft 
a wide receiver or any skill position player, really. I'll have to see it to believe it. Yep. No, for sure. It's I, I don't know how hard Aaron Rodgers is lobbying for one, but it just never never seems to happen. So if, if one of those guys like Babe or Rondell Moore fall to them at that spot, that's who I would look into. It's just whether or not they will finally pull the trigger on a, on a wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is a stud. It's just I don't think you can – I like Lazard. I think Lazard would be a really good wide receiver three. I just don't know about a wide receiver two. Agreed. Um, any other players, teams, picks you want to bring up before we wrap up the episode? Oh man, um, that's my main. That's that's most of the guys that I like. Um, I I like I said once I get past the top fifteen, like as I mentioned this for a second earlier. Uh, I hope the Bears don't do something stupid and reach for a day Q day two QB on day one, but wouldn't put oh. them past them. Yeah. Oh, don't be uh, see um, Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss. If you see him go to a contender, maybe late in the first round, not a lot of people know about him. He's a stud. He put up big numbers last year. Another Ole Miss receiver like uh, Metcalf and uh, AJ Brown. Uh, also, uh, Rondell Moore too. Yeah, I, yeah. I mentioned him in Green Bay, possibly. And uh, Florida guy was it Tooney? I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, he's got a lot of talent. There's there's some good late first, early second, middle round receivers. Even like if you want to get to end of day two, day three, I'm a big Daz Newsome out of North Carolina. He's not going to go high, but I think he's a day two, early day three pick. Yeah, for sure. It's always it's always interesting seeing um, those skill position guys going to contenders late in the first round and the second round. Um, that's always fun to see. Last year we saw uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire go to Kansas City, and obviously that was um, huge for them. So it's Pittman. I mean, if you want to bring up another one, like a late, later yeah, round yep. skill guy that made an impact. Yeah. So those are always fun to see. Um, there's going to be another uh, uh, yet again lots of receivers like we mentioned in the second and third round that can make a big impact for a lot of these contenders. So, uh, yeah, these first two days are going to be electric. And I can't wait. And I think this is going to do it for this week in Tub Talks. Um, thank you all for listening. Please watch the draft. I'm sure we'll all be live tweeting it. Um, I know I'm going to post my full first round mock draft on Twitter sometime before the draft. And yeah, it's, Hey, we're getting close to football season, boys, and I cannot wait. Yep. Yes. Same here. Draft, and then the schedule comes out early May. Yep. All right. We will see you guys in the next episode. Take care.